Oh, hello there, beautiful listener. I'm Paul Jarvis, and this is the Sunday Dispatches. FreshBooks has launched an all-new version of their cloud accounting software so you can spend more time doing the work you love and less time stressing over paperwork. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com sunday or just enter Sunday Dispatches in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Minimalism isn't just for people who want to live out of a backpack or cram all of their life into a tiny house or into a backpack that lives in a tiny house, I guess. The ideas of being minimal can easily apply to business, and I should know because I've been using them for nearly 20 years. So I think that minimalism is more of a mindset than a blind purge. If something is useful or pleasurable, you keep it. If it's not, then you consider getting rid of it. It's that simple. Personally, I see running a minimalist business more as a pursuit of enjoyment with revenue attached. Because, hey, what's not to love about hedonism and making a little money at the same time? Nothing, dear listener. Nothing is wrong with that. So if you only keep what is useful or what makes you happy in your business, then, logically, what you're left with should leave you better off in terms of revenue and quality of life. Removing what doesn't serve your business or make you happy just seems like a good idea, even if you think minimalism is bonkers. Through this removal, minimalism creates certain freedoms. So freedom number one is freedom from excess financial worry. Because if you're spending less, you can make less and still be more profitable. Freedom number two is the freedom from the stress of busy. If you're only doing what's useful and makes you happy, then you're not as busy with all this other stuff. Freedom number three, freedom from the fear of loss. If you're living below your means, you can weather greater storms or hardships. And finally, freedom number four, freedom from the weight of responsibility. The bigger your business gets, the more work it requires and responsibility it requires. And it may not even be work you enjoy that's added on and added on if your business grows bigger and bigger. So working for yourself is freedom if you do it right. So achieving greater freedom in your business by implementing ideas borrowed from minimalism seems like a win-win. Or maybe it's just one win because the second win was not necessary and therefore purged. Hashtag minimalist joke. So the first thing that I want to talk about here is that one of the smartest things I've done, or the smart thing that I've done in my business, is to question if more is actually better, which is completely the opposite approach taken by startups and corporations. Such businesses tend to see growth as the chief indicator of success. More customers, it's a win. Higher revenue, also a win. Greater exposure, win, win, win. And sure, they can be. Those things can be wins, but not always. And definitely not always when blindly obtained. So sometimes more customers means more customer support. Sometimes more revenue comes at the price of higher investments and expenses, netting less profit in spite of more revenue. Sometimes more exposure means more of the wrong people seeing who you are and more of the right people feeling like, eh, your business isn't right for me because all these other people are seeing it. And really, that's not good. So more doesn't always equal better. Hi, math. I love you. Sometimes enough is better. For instance, if I make enough money to support my life and have a little more, then I'm less likely to be stressed out or have to work more or take on responsibility. If I already have enough customers that I can personally support, why would I want to add more if that means I have to hire than manage employees? Remember my note about freedom? Enough means I can optimize for freedom, not for blind growth. 
FreshBooks can now count over 10 million freelancers and business owners as part of their tribe. How'd they do that? Well, for 13 years, they've obsessed over making their accounting software fast, ridiculously easy to use, and built specifically for creatives, not number pushers. So I can't cover all the features, but you can send a branded invoice in under 30 seconds, you can see when the clients looked at it, and you can get paid in two clicks. So if you haven't checked out FreshBooks, do it. Do it now. They've got a 30-day, no credit card required free trial. So go to freshbooks.com Sunday, or just type in Sunday Dispatches in the How Did You Hear About a section. The second point I want to make is that running a lean business that's focused on creating value for yourself and for your customers requires you to be relentless about the opportunities that you say yes to, or you'll be stretched too thin. You'll end up like a circus act that sees how many plates you can spin at the same time, hoping that they all don't come crashing down. You also have to be willing to experiment. A few years ago, I decided to see if I could go six months without buying anything like food or gas, and I did that. Another time, I decided to try to live without furniture, and this failed because my back hurt without a comfy couch because I'm old and my body hurts. So experimenting to see what you actually value and testing your assumptions can lead to breakthroughs in your life and your work. Maybe you can say no to every opportunity but the ones you want to truly focus on. Or maybe your business would be better with one product instead of three. Maybe you can generate more profit by spending less on marketing software, computers, fax machines. Just kidding, because nobody buys fax machines anymore. You won't find out unless you experiment. Sure, your experiments could go wrong and your business could be left with a bit of a sore back, but some might go really right and you'll be left with more money for less work. A third point I want to make is that minimalists, like MacGyver, work with the tools they've got. They don't spend a ton of time or money acquiring or building new tools. So if all your business has is a ball of twine, a stick of gum, and a paperclip, you can figure out a way to make those things work and like save the world or something. I can't remember the premise of the show now because it was on too long ago. So using the tools available for the job means you rely more on your own ingenuity than anything else, which is good because tools can sometimes take the place of critical thought. For example, a programmer isn't a great programmer because she uses the latest framework. She is a great programmer because she understands how to code to accomplish tasks. She could change computers or frameworks and still be a great programmer. Spending time focusing on finding the best newsletter software or the best design program or best CRM nets diminishing returns since most of them work the same as all the other ones. And it definitely nets diminished returns when you start to think that each tool that we use has to be custom created for us. Minimalist businesses aren't great businesses because of the tools. They're great businesses because their owners know how to use the tools that they've got. The best tool for your work is the one you're using right now to do your work. And if it's not working, find another. Tools really don't matter. Building skills matters more. The fourth point I want to make is those running minimalist businesses are experts at getting straight to the point, quickly, especially when it comes to making money. The typical way to run a business is that you start by getting investment from a bank, a rich relative, or a venture capitalist, then work hard and in secret for a long time to make a perfect product. This way of working has a lot of drawbacks, though. It requires one to make a ton of assumptions about the market, positioning, and customers, and then wait until a lot of money has been spent before launching. Whereas taking the opposite approach can work just as well, if not more effectively. So I launch without any investment other than a tiny bit of my own time, so I don't have to make that many assumptions. I launch by boiling the business idea that I have down to the smallest idea possible and launching quickly. 
for example, Creative Class, my first course, started out as an idea that had 30 lessons for the course, which would have taken me months and months and months to make. I also wanted to develop the course software, which would have taken months and months and months to make as well. So I resisted the urge to do that. I started with seven lessons and used existing software, and I launched in a month instead of a year. And that just meant that I could see what worked and what didn't work with the actual audience, then adjust and iterate and improve. So by starting small, moving quickly, you can adapt to the market. Whereas starting big and moving slowly means you're running on guesses and throwing a lot of time and work into something that may or may not work out in the end. So, dear listener, as I said, minimalism for business is a mindset and not a blind purge. So running a minimalist business doesn't mean that you should stay small for the sake of staying small. It means that you should stay small when it makes sense to be small and only grow in areas where growth provides value to you and your customers. So growth isn't inherently evil, but it comes at a price. And running a minimalist business is more about creating freedom than profits. Sometimes the price makes sense to pay. Sometimes you're better off sticking with what you've got. And just a little side note is this piece covers one of the main topics of my upcoming book, Company of One, which is basically blind growth in all areas isn't always the best idea. And this book is being published in, I guess, late 2018, which I'm very excited to share more about on upcoming podcasts. Thanks for listening. 